You are listening to the Cat Brooder Sensei Says Podcast. I'm your show host, April Cotito. And if you have any cats or kittens that have diarrhea, that are sneezing, have a runny nose, or you're losing any kitten in the first 14 days of their life, this podcast is for you. We're going to get to all of this right after this message. Do you want to learn how to become a successful breeder of pedigree cats? Now you can. For the first time ever, enroll in an online training course that takes you step-by-step through everything you need to know to get on the right track. Visit CatBreederSensei.com to sign up today and use code PODCAST21 to get $25 off. Our mission is to change the narrative amongst pedigree cat breeders into a much more positive direction. We do support uh, breeders and offer answers to breeders all over the world. And we also promote catteries and businesses that are also in favor of positivity, which brings us to our guest that we have today. I'm here with Daniel, who is a fellow breeder and also the director of Noble Mains Clinic and Laboratory. And the topic of our show today is all about PCRs. Now, if you're a new cat breeder and maybe you've not heard of a PCR or know when you should utilize this highly valuable resource, then the show is going to be great for you. Or maybe you didn't know that you don't have to go through a vet to get a PCR done for your cats. You can send samples directly to Daniel, have them done and get results delivered directly to you instead of going through your vet. So it's just a cool little hack. I like to you know think of it as it's um, just a highly valuable resource. Um, maybe you're experienced. This is going to be a new resource for you. If you don't know Daniel and the laboratory that he has um, and the information that he's going to be sharing today is awesome. It's just outstanding. So buckle in for a very informative show. Um, this can help you get through some very tough times in your cattery and problems that we all face as breeders. So Daniel's going to talk to us today about PCR testing and what we use them for and when you should perform them and different types of PCRs that he offers and really shed some light on how extremely valuable that these can be for you and your cattery. So without anything else, um, Daniel, thank you very much for being here today, doing the show and taking the time to share your knowledge with all of us. Let's start by, if you can just kind of sum up what a PCR is and why it is so valuable to breeders. Sure. Um, So to answer that question, first, we need to talk about what a PCR is and what a PCR is not. In simple terms, it identifies the presence of a pathogen's DNA or RNA in a given specimen. Unlike, say, a fecal float that is a human interpretation of a slide under a microscope, A PCR is a highly sensitive and specific test that can confirm the actual presence of the organism. And not all PCRs are equal. Um, IDEX, which is the laboratory we use, uses what they call real PCR, which is a closed tube system that delivers shorter run times, virtually eliminates false positives, and provides quantitative results that are both faster and more sensitive than a conventional PCR. PCR testing allows for the rapid and highly specific diagnosis of infection diseases, including those caused by bacteria or viruses. A PCR also permits identification of non-cultivatable or slow-growing microorganisms, such as mycoplasma, 
anaerobic bacteria, or viruses from tissue culture assays and smaller samples. The basis for PCR diagnostic applications in microbiology is the detection of infection agents and the discrimination of non-pathogenic from pathogenic strains by virtue of specific genes. For a breeder, especially those that have larger cateries, knowing the underlying health of your kings and queens is paramount. Ensuring new animals you bring into your program are healthy and will not cross-contaminate and potentially decimate your breeding program. If you find a positive result, you can address it properly within the context of the severity of risk management. Not all conditions are problematic and not even preventable, but with a proper diagnosis, you have a path, not just a guess. The limitations of PCR testing are that each um, panel looks for specific pathogens and does not grow random bacteria or viruses as say a culture would. These limiting factors can cause the breeder to not have all of the data necessary to properly diagnose the problem if the wrong test is ordered. And it is for this very reason that we started our support program. I am a breeder first and foremost, and for very selfish and personal reasons, I decided early that I wanted to access to the tools necessary for my program to be considered one of the best. To this end, I needed information. That is the key to everything that we do. Um, it is the key and the main reason that Tracy runs the programs and the handouts and the blogs and the emails and the newsletters. Without information, we have absolutely nothing. Um, and this information needs to be based on modern understandings and currently available resources. Access to equipment, um, I have access to equipment in, in my um, in-house cattery clinic um, that veterinarian offices can only dream about. And I have professionals that work with me who support me, um, like Nicole, who wanted to be here today, but she's um, on vacation. Um, she's my hospital manager and my senior technician. And she is also a canine breeder herself. So these resources are what place us in a different category. I know as each of you do what breeders bring to the table and how it is looked upon by a large population of the veterinarian field. Comments like, did you go to medical school? And you were, and I don't work with breeders are all too common. Clinics that are outdated, vets whose skills are outdated and can't or won't think outside of their little box. I've even met some who didn't know what a PCR was. And then I've also had a, a situation yesterday as a little segue. I had a situation yesterday where the vet ran a PCR. The PCR came back with um, tritrichomosis and the vet did not even know what it was, nor that it could even be treated. Wow. And that's um, a, a Which common. was horribly <laughs> surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're experienced, you can find your own supplies determine what assays you need to run, collect the samples, mail them into an available online laboratory, interpret the results yourself, and then Google for the proper remedies. I suspect for most breeders that is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So what is the alternative? You can work with breeders like us who are also veterinarian professionals to identify precisely the correct test give you access to the same sterile specimen collection tools 
used at your veterinarian clinics and walk you through the collection process. Provide a client portal that you can print your own results and follow up consulting services to help you answer questions and concerns. And since we partnership with IDEX, the largest worldwide veterinarian laboratory, you can bring our reports to your own veterinarian for medication and treatment based on laboratory findings with an organization they already know. This eliminates the trust issues some vets have about out-of-state labs that they have never heard of. Um, Daniel, what types of, I know we have talked in the past about um, the types of PCRs you do, but I just want you to like, there's so many that are available to people. There are. And they, like, I didn't even know half of the things that you're able to do until we had a conversation. And then, you know, my mind was blown. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know, you know, I always, I always kind of assume that a PCR is either respiratory or diarrhea. Like, you know, those are the two big ones that breeders are going to use, but you do way it is a very, Those are two very common ones. Yeah. We can actually give you access to a testing menu in excess of 9,000 individual tests. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I guess, mean, you know, how does someone know like what test they need to do? If you have so many and we're dealing with a specific problem, well, let's just so say- The easiest question. thing is to pick up the phone and give us a call. Okay. Okay. Um, we have PCRs, we have cultures, we have blood panels, we do biopsies, we even do necropsies. Mm -hmm. um, we also offer snap testing um, so that, you know, we can send you snap tests and you can actually run those in your own home. Right. Um, I want to come back to necropsies, but a little later, right. let's kind of stick. What we list on our website is just a small set of the most requested services. Um, and each is broken out into which basically which collection pack is required to submit the proper specimen. Um, for felines, the most common are the diarrhea panel, the upper respiratory panel, the abortion and streptococcus panel, and the ringworm panels. Okay. That is the most that we run for our feline breeders. Okay. Um, at, at what point, um, I mean, ringworm would be obvious if the cat is showing some baldness or some crustiness, loss of hair, they would want to do a ringworm panel if they suspected it at all. Um, what symptoms would a cat be presenting? Um, and we'll do like diarrhea first and then the respiratory. What symptoms would they be experiencing? And maybe the stuff that they've tried uh, prior to when they say, okay, I'm going to do a PCR. And also like talk about any new cats that come in, like how important a PCR is for incoming cats? So yeah, that's that becomes the tricky question, right? Um, at what point do you do everything? Um, so first, I'll, I'll answer your second question first, and then your first question second. Okay. Um, first is the simple cattery protocol. Um, at a minimum, we recommend when you first acquire a new breeder. Um, yes, it doesn't matter if it's even from a family friend um, or a partner cattery that you closely work with. Um, you need to know what you are starting with. Um, it, especially if you have other animals that may be immunocompromised, immune like young kittens who do not yet have an established immune system. Um, we call this a baseline. Um, so here, our protocol for that would be a feline diarrhea, upper respiratory panel, um, complete Chem 17 and CBC panel, SNAP testing for feline leukemia, feline AIDS, heartworm, and the ProBNP heart stress assessment test. So that is our our baseline here. 
Um, everybody needs to figure out what their baseline is, what their level of comfort is. Um, I am a big proponent for more information is better than less information. Um, so I like to have a very clear baseline. So now when we talk about specific um, circumstances, um, what we call our response to testing, um, where you have, maybe it's not even just uh, an actual sign, but it's a, I don't know, I've got this question lingering in the back of my mind. That is still, in my opinion, an in response to test. There is something you've read on a Facebook post. There's something that you've discussed with another breeder that made you go, ah, hmm. Um, so we'll start with the diarrhea like you asked. So really what we're talking about is unresolved diarrhea that has lasted for more than a few days with basic treatments such as probiotics, diagel, or metronidazole. Um, we actually refer to that as diarrhea of unknown origin. And yes, that is an actual veterinarian medical terminology. Um, this is when a, a PCR panel is warranted to determine if there is an underlying pathogen. Now, you also have the occasional diarrhea. Um, we had a case that we dealt with um, a month ago where every three weeks for about a two-day period, the cat has a couple days of diarrhea. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> um, that also warrants a PCR to figure out because obviously there is an ongoing lingering problem. Mm -hmm. So um, those are the types of things that the diarrhea panel is great for. Um, and they don't and then, necessarily have to have diarrhea to do a PCR. No, it's called that. Right. Um, but it's really a fecal um, PCR mm -hmm. is, is really technically what it is. Um, they can send it, in. So that's good. But I just want to like mention like this is good for the incoming cats. If they come, they have perfectly normal poop. And you're thinking, yeah, and you're thinking the cat's fine. It's not a problem because he doesn't have diarrhea. No, you probably still want to do the PCR just well, to be sure. Especially on the incoming, because mm -hmm. a lot of vets will have you do a fecal float for a new animal incoming. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that the two most difficult to treat um, um, gastrointestinal issues, tritrichomosis and cryptosporidium, are mm -hmm. not visible on a fecal float. Right. So you, you won't even pick up on them. So the two that can decimate your cattery the most, um, you can't see. So mm -hmm. if you don't do a PCR level test, um, you'll never pick up on it. Yeah, and they don't um, and always even, have symptoms. And they know cryptosporidium yeah. most often does not show any associating symptoms, yeah. not in older, healthy animals. Right. It is horribly um, problematic for kittens. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's the big one. Yeah. Um, so when we got to talk about upper respiratory, Basically, what we're looking for is what you would be considered um, problematic with your own children. So if you look at your toddler and you go, yeah, I need to take you to the doctor, that's the same type of thing we're looking for. Runny eyes, runny nose, sneezing, coughing, um, symptoms that progress at a very accelerated rate. Um, so, you know, one day they're sneezing, the next day they've got boogers, green snot, and eye stuff coming out. That is a more um, virulent pathogen um, that we need to identify what the underlying cause is. Um, and, you know, that leads to the next question. With those scenarios, we need results quick. 
um, waiting to get an appointment at um, a hospital can lead to treatment delays um, that could have been resolved very easily. So if we're talking about starting as a, as a simple cough, if you're not getting answers and treatment quickly within three to five days, it could be full-blown pneumonia. And now you're talking multiple days of hospitalization. Um, so this takes me back to some of the resources that we provide. So we have collection packs. Um, these are self-contained kits that are designed for the breeders to keep on the shelf for a as-needed basis. Um, in them, they have the collection supplies. If it's a universal kit, it, it has the fecal tubes, it has the throat and um, eye um, swabs. Um, if it's a culture kit, it has the culture tubes. It provides you everything you need, including the box packing slip and IDEX label to ship directly to IDEX's facility. Does it also have the instructions so someone will know exactly how to perform the swabs and how to do the cultures? So it doesn't because the boxes are more universal. Okay. Um, there is, um, we're in the process of adding instructions onto our website to be a little bit more clear. Um, we also are available to just one-on-one -on -one chat um, and actually walk you through how do you collect them. Okay. Um, and then the sample boxes go directly to IDEX. They don't actually come to me first. So in those, um, each of the collection boxes is a priority overnight FedEx label that actually sends the box directly to IDEX's lab in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, that lab is open 24 seven and they actually receive the FedEx packages 24 seven. Um, so they will start working on those um, results immediately. And depending on the test that you're ordering, results can be as quick as 12 to 24 hours uh, most results are two to four days. Cultures take a little bit longer. They have to grow the the you know either the the virus, the bacteria, or the fungus in a culture media that does take some time. Right. Um, so it 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 really just comes down to what you're looking for. Right. And then once the results are back, how does uh, someone obtain the results? So twofold. Two um, our client portal. Um, is unique to each of our clients. Um, and you're able to log into that 24-7, see all of your animals that you have submitted through with us in that portal, and then see and print your own results. Um, if you're not computer savvy, um, we are more than happy to email you a PDF of the results. Very good. That's nice. Um, as far as... We okay, so let's we take the this test, we send them in, we get the results. Now we need a solution. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, we can Google 24 hours a day till our eyes bleed, and we still don't know what to do if, for a specific thing. There's you know, so many different answers. How do we you guys provide some guidance on we do, and, and that is the biggest problem is is Google. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, because what site are you looking at? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're at UC Davis, Cornell, um, AVMA, then the information you know is going to be accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, I always refer to it as if you're at the AVMA versus bobscats.org. Right. Uh, it, there's a huge difference yeah. between the value of both of those levels of information. Yeah. What is the source? That's what I always ask. It is Where always the, what is the source. Right. Um, so you're more than welcome to reach out to, to one of us. 
Um, if it's a quick question, we don't charge for any of that. If you want an actual consult where you sit down um, either on the phone or video chat with either one of my technicians or my vet themselves, those are available for an additional rate. Awesome. And they then tell you like what medicine that you need to. We can do all of those recommendations as well. Um, and then, and then if you, if you're lucky enough to have those meds available off the shelf where you have quick access to them, you can start treatment immediately, or you can take our recommendations and the reports to your vet right. to get a script necessary to, you know, get the meds that you need. Very good. So multiple options for solutions. Multiple, multiple options. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I love that you guys are available for consultations because I don't know how many times I have needed help and like have stayed up all night long trying to find answers to a problem. I mean, especially diarrhea. That is my nemesis. I would, I have cried on my knees on the floor, like bawling because I could not solve a diarrhea problem. And it's so, <laughs> it is so stressful when a cat has diarrhea to me. It's like the worst, the worst thing that could ever happen. It is. And there's a huge difference between um, the normal diarrheas that the vets see and the specific, specific diarrheas that breeders see. Yes. Why um, is there like, I always wonder this, like why do intact cats have more issues well, than it's normal? Just, it's not even just the intact cats. So you look at a, at a female, you'll have different diarrhea when she's nursing and lactating yeah. than you will when she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and all of those have sometimes underlying conditions. Sometimes it's just mom is cleaning little one's butts and therefore she has her own issues yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, so it's not always, so that's when you, you get into, well, now the probiotics are more beneficial. Yeah. And what can you give to a pregnant female or a nursing female that isn't going to cross the, 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 the barrier into the milk that is going to cause your kitten's grief? Yes. Um, those are all questions yeah. that are harder to find on Google. Yes. Um, what I'm going to put your website um, on the catbreedersensei.com website under these, um, our show, under the show notes. But in this video, because uh, we'll put it on YouTube as well, can you tell us what your website is? And then I want to start. Sure. So it's www.nm for noble main testlab.org. Awesome. That's easy. Easy to it remember. It is easy. And then yeah. uh, I have to look up our phone number because I don't ever call myself. Um, our, our 800 number is 844-472-7522. Awesome. Everybody write that down and bookmark this website because you will need it. It's a fact. Everybody is going to come to a point in their breeding experience where you will need a PCR. Trust me. It is inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, if you have not already, you know, experienced this. Um, I want to talk to you about necropsy. Mm -hmm. Because I recently had one done. It was the first time I've done it. Um, I've been breeding seven years. So not, you know, super long time. But um, I had a major problem with, I kept losing kittens. Neonatal. You know, within the first week. And... <clears throat> At first, I was kind of shaking it off to, you know, this happens. I'm in a bad rut, like I've got some bad luck going on. And then, you know, it's happening more. And, and eventually a whole litter, I lost a whole litter and found like, okay, uh, that something hit me. Like I need to do something. 
and I had a necropsy done on a kitten. And I'm, I'm going to warn people that in the groups, there's kind of a narrative that necropsy never bring results. Like you can do them and you're not going to find out what's causing problems. And that's not true because I just did it myself. I did a necropsy and discovered what my problem was, which was E. coli. And now I have a solution and I'm treating the entire cattery. Mm -hmm. um, but without that necropsy, I would have, I could have gone on, you know, to the point of insanity, trying to figure out what was wrong with my cats and my kittens. And, you know, I tried strep G treatment, you know, that's the common narrative. It's, it's rarely strep G. Yeah. And it, you've it mentioned me always that, E. coli. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so do you find E. coli, um, is that how you usually find problems in like the loss of kittens? Is it through necropsy? So there's actually an easier way of doing it, which is our abortion um, culture. Okay. Um, we actually do a vaginal swab on mom. Okay. So more often than not, the E. coli is coming from mom. Mm -hmm. um, she has in her vaginal canal. And then as the kittens are being birthed, um, they are being infected by E. coli. And then it does take about minimum of 18 to 24 hours for that E. coli to get into the kitten's system. Um, and then it will fester. And then you'll start seeing losses at three to five days, yep. which is the typical. Um, if you read all of the Facebook groups, it's the typical fading kitten syndrome yep. time frame, the three to five day mark. Yes. Um, and that is most likely from E. coli. Mm -hmm. um, so that is the easiest least expensive, fastest way um, to do it. If you have our culture kits ahead of time, you swab mom, send that in, and you get a whole list. I wish um, I wish we'd have done this interview before, <laughs> you know, right. like three no. weeks ago, because I would have, uh, I would have, I could have done that because you know I had to take the kitten to the vet, the one that where where a necropsy is helpful is if you're having the same type of issues and nothing is popping up positive on mom. Okay. Then it's something more elaborate. That is uh, such good info. And then the necropsies um, are a little bit different. Um, we try to do a necropsy situation here that is more efficient and more cost effective. So in these particular cases, um, you would actually, we would send you a shipment box for you to ship the kitten to us. Mm -hmm. um, the um, initial necropsy is done here, um, and then we send out um, organ samples for biopsy. Um, so it's it's a dual fold necropsy, visual necropsy, and then biopsy sample um, submission to the laboratory. Okay. Um, so it okay. picks up more things um, than just the the typical necropsy would um, right. by adding biopsies and cultures and, and whatnot to it. Right. What other um, things does a vaginal swab, uh, can that detect? Like, and uh, so a certain time me, when me, you need to do the swab, like, is it during childbirth and delivery? Is it any time? Is it like, when do you get that? So normally it's done when you know there's an issue. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you could definitely add it to your protocol. Right. Um, there's that that fine line between what's a good, healthy protocol and where am I just now wasting money? And, and, and even I say that as the provider of the tests, I don't want you just to do tests just because I want you to do more tests with me. 
Right. I want those tests to be appropriate and realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you have a situation where you've, you've lost a kitten, um, then it wouldn't be inappropriate to run a vaginal swab on mom to determine mm-hmm. if there is an underlining problem. Right, right. Um, so for instance, the, um, the abortion um, panel looks for things like toxoplasma, panleukopenia, um, FIV, FELV, um, coronavirus, herpes virus, um, chlamydia. Um, so that's the, the technical abortion panel. And then we have the vaginal um, culture, which is a culture swab that would then culture anything that's growable, like an E. coli. Um, and then we have the um, streptococcus, which looks for all three of the main known strep um, versions. Okay. Um, so all three of those are available for um, vaginal swabs. So the abortion panel looks more for why a mom is aborting and not going to full term, or you're getting births of partial kittens. Okay. Uh, missing ab- abdomen on the outside. Um, right, right. And all of all of those yes. types of things. Some of those um, things you mentioned in the test are some from the respiratory panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. So is the, um, I mean, would a respiratory panel kind of be the same? Not necessarily, because it's not going to pick up. Um, it's not going to pick up in the various locations. Right. So um, respiratory infections can infect various parts of the person or the anatomy. Um, so um, like chlamydia isn't going to be picked up in the throat, mm-hmm. um, per se. Um, there are types of test that does pick it up, but it's, you're, you're looking more for a vaginal chlamydia that's affecting the birthing process. Right. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so it really, that and then, and this is the exact perfect scenario for, you could find the tests online, try to figure out what you need, but these are very, three very specific tests. Um, so without having access to, you know, a, a technician that can guide you through what is the most appropriate one to start with. Um, you may end up having to run multiple tests to to figure out what your underlining issue is. Right. Um, it's not always that we can, you know, one run one test, get your results, get get an answer, and, and you're on your way. Because depending on how complex the problem is. Right. Man, this can really help readers in their journey to just put an end to problems that they can be very frustrating. And I think that we it, all- It also bridges, it bridges that area of the things that we don't like to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you, or you get hammered if you talk about it. Right. I mean, that is one of the nice things about your specific groups um, where you have the freedom to be able to post something, knowing that you're not going to have a hundred people come back at you yeah. um, and, and accuse you of X, Y, or Z. Yeah, being um, a bad reader. Being whatever. <laughs> being and, whatever, yeah. And it's these are all things that whether even the ones that judge others will not admit. These yep. are things every single reader will experience at some point in their breeding career and yes. normally multiple times throughout their breeder career. 
Um, so let's take the stigma off the table. Let's learn to learn from each other um, mm -hmm. so that we all become better breeders collectively. Yeah, all about educating. It's all about it, it educating is. us and each other and sharing information. If we have it, then give it to someone so that they can better themselves and, you know, improve. Right. That's what I right. believe in. Right. Well, um, like I said, we're going to put, oh, as far as the cost for your services, you know, everybody's wondering that. Um, I How do they find out like what the cost of this is? So uh, the general specific tests that we talked about are, are available on our testing menu on our website. Okay. So um, for instance, our respiratory panel is 115. Okay. Um, so it's it's very cost effective yes. um, for breeders. Um, and then the um, the collection pack for that test is five dollars. Right. Um, so it's really it's like it's one twenty. There's a small processing fee for credit card transaction and things like that. But and they can um, order the collection samples ahead of time and have them on if the they need them. Best that is the best scenario. Yes. Um, and if you order a hundred dollars or more in collection packs, they ship to you for free. Awesome. Um, yeah. So then you just got them on the shelf and you are ready to go right. um, because that is the single biggest delay. Um, whether you, you're going to your vet or you're waiting for me to, which you don't want to end up having to do is if you're in New York, I'm in Los Angeles, me having to next day air you a collection kit um, yeah. for a, a very large FedEx price. Yes. Um, yeah. So I just order some, them... order some collection kits ahead of time, even if you just have five on hand for now. And you know that if something happens and you need to do a PCR, you have the collection you kit have it, on right. hand. And right. that will eliminate or, you know, decrease the time that you are waiting to get your results. Yep. So Same thing with like all of our, all of our samples have to go to IDEX under refrigeration. There's an ice pack in each one. We always tell them, you know, each, each client, take the ice packs out, stick them in your freezer so that you're now not waiting for the ice pack to freeze. Right. And everything <laughs> you can do to um, speed up how fast you can get it out so that the moment you have a concern, you are able to get that test in the mail and on its way to the laboratory. Time is of the essence. It is. Yeah, it is. Always. All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so very much for your time and sharing all Our of this. Pleasure. It was a lot. And, of and again, if you or any of your, you know, your, your subscribers ever have questions, feel free to reach out. Um, we'd love to chat with you. Awesome. I'll put your contact information in the description box and on our website so everybody knows how to reach you. Um, I'll get your email address too and put that in there. Perfect. Uh, um, and your website and everything so um, they know how to contact you. And thank you again for being a part of the positive community that we support. And I'm sure. My I'll pleasure. And thank you for everything you do. You're welcome. It's a pleasure also. All right. We'll see you. See you around. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Bye.